Good morning to everyone. I hope you're doing well today. Today's quote of the day. Resentment is like drinking a poison and waiting for the other person to die. Miss Carrie Fisher. It's interesting. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. And, and this topic is um, very different than, than most people. Um, you know, most people come to me or come to Dr. Stillman because they have a problem. They don't really like the way they, they look, the way they feel. They've got something going on. And most coaches answer is exercise, diet, whatever, change lifestyle, which is fine. <clears throat> and a lot of times that helps people. But we, we deal with, and, and I had to deal with this in my own life. We end up, once we get to know people, we see things, I see things because I have a little bit different perspective than those people, um, where people can't stop either harming themselves, like with extreme diets, things like, you know, eating disorders, or they can't stop exercising, they can't stop working. And, and of course, our society glorifies people that work really, really hard, right? The, I have no problem with hard work. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. The problem I have is um, when that hard work starts destroying your health, then you start getting into problems. And a lot of times, you know, I had a young lady reach out to me and uh, I've been working with her for a while. And um, she really, really had a hard time relaxing, even with things like the like the float tank. Um, she really couldn't chill out. You know, her respiratory rate was, you know, 18 plus, 20 plus. Resting heart rate really high. Um, and she just kept wanting to do more and more and more. I started talking with her and we started going through the layers of the onion. And we discovered that this, this lady, this young lady had immense, immense amounts of trauma. And, and, and just recently, unfortunately, experienced uh, one of the most horrible traumas one can ever experience. I won't get into any detail, but... Um, a lot of times people that have trauma use exercise, they use their job, they use their career to manage that resentment, that that hatred. And I did that for from the time I was probably a young child till about the age of 35. And then I figured out I couldn't do that anymore. I ran into some health issues. So a lot of times people, what they're dealing with they've got somebody that's wronged them and they and they've got this resentment or this hatred and that drives them to success mike tyson talks a lot about this about how he was fueled by hate <clears throat> and mike tyson was very successful but um all of that comes with the consequence right even the cia they talk about when they look for somebody they try and find somebody who has a enough trauma that they're highly driven because most people that are driven have some sort of trauma. Uh, you look at like Michael Jordan, why he was so driven in his career. Um, a lot of that was because he, you know, he was punked. He didn't make his high school basketball team. That was, and, and he, he always created these like things that, that he amplified them to drive that hate and that worked for him and good for Michael Jordan. But it doesn't work for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm talking about trauma that's beyond like getting cut from your basketball team. Um, 
and most people don't ever do the work to deal with this stuff. And it just lingers and it lingers and it lingers and it lingers and it lingers until you run out of coping mechanisms or the coping mechanisms start to destroy you. And so a lot of times when, when I'm dealing with people and I had to deal with this myself because my resentment, my hatred, the, the trauma that I had, um, you know, and I'm not saying everybody's a victim, you're, you know, you know, all that kind of mentality, but you have to be aware that if you lose the ability to have some form of moderation where you can say, Hey, this is enough. I've done enough work. Um, you know, I'm going to nurture myself. I mean, it, it, it shows up in many forms. Some people it's cutting, some people it's drug abuse, some people it's, you know, uh, crazy sexual encounters, whatever their, their proof of poison is. And, and, and a lot of times people push that into exercise. And so everybody claps and cheers and great until it starts destroying their health. And that's what was happening to this young lady. <clears throat> she was using exercise to try and deal with a lot of the stuff that she had going on. And, and I encouraged her to go do some neurofeedback and some EMDR therapy to kind of get to the root of this. And I introduced her to a book called uh, The Body Keeps Score. And, and that's a really heavy book. If, if you really want to read a book about trauma and how it affects people and some of the stuff that happened to people in that book is just absolutely insane. And, you know, why do I say this? You know, I, I bring this up because this isn't really talked about much in, in, in life in general. The interesting thing is when I finally dealt with everything I had from my, my, my past and, and all the stuff I had going on, it took me like a year to figure out how to train, actually how to work and do it for a purpose of helping others and do it for, and how to train uh, in a way that was positive for me. So a lot of times what happens is, is people have this drive, this resentment, and they finally deal with it. And then they have this weird space where they don't know how to motivate themselves anymore. And it kind of takes a little time to get yourself adjusted. But if you're having a hard time with fitness goals or working too much, or you have a hard time, you know, you're doing some obsessive behaviors to try and make yourself feel better. It doesn't help at all that our indoor lifestyle and our, our modern lifestyle kind of uh, makes us more susceptible to this because when you're not out in the sun or you're not out in nature, you're, you know, your mind, your brain isn't as good a place. So it makes us more susceptible to a lot of this, but you might start taking a look at yourself and you might start taking a look um, in your closet and see if there's some things in there that you've got to deal with. And a lot of people can't slow down and can't relax because they that they don't want to deal with those problems, right? So they basically just keep pushing hard, they keep working hard, they keep going and going and going until their body starts, you know, failing them. And some people can go their whole life uh, without dealing with any of this stuff, and other people can't. It just depends on who you are. So if you're struggling in a bad place, uh, instead of looking to do more, you might want to look inwards and look at yourself and slow down enough and have enough self-awareness that you might need to go take care of some of this stuff or for, forgive some different people because living in a state of resentment and hate uh, is not very liberating. I mean, it has its place, right? But constantly being in that state, it doesn't really end well for most people. So there's just a few thoughts for you.
So a little bit different perspective, a little bit different tone today. If you're on here and you have a question, go ahead and throw it in the chat. And um, this isn't so. This is something a lot of people don't really talk about, and it's unfortunate because a lot of people will go to a fitness professional or wherever, and this happens a lot with people with eating disorders. And they'll say, "Well, I need more motivation. I need a better program. I need to lose more body fat," and. It's no fault of the fitness professional. They're just they're just doing what they think the client needs. But most fitness professionals don't have the insight to take a look, a hard look. And if you are a fitness professional and you have people that you see are pushing themselves in a harmful direction, you might want to just start asking some questions and listening, right? And you might find out that this person doesn't need to train any harder. They don't need to train more. They don't need to go on a stricter diet. What they need is some some help you know there's a, a lot of times that's a you know people that are cutting themselves that's a that's a sign that they need help um how do you help support family members with trauma that is that is a very interesting question i i think uh from my own experience one people have to own their own stuff right so there's a difference between there comes a point where if you look at your family and they're causing more stress to you, and this is highly individual and you have to, you have to basically, I had to create some boundaries for myself and I had to have some rules where I would say, okay, X person, when you call me, if the first thing you do is start dumping all your garbage on me, uh, I'm just not going to deal with that, right? I'm just going to be like, hey, you know, I'm happy to talk to you. I'm here to support you. But as soon as you bring all your monkeys into my yard, you, you have to leave your monkeys at home. Uh, I think encouraging people to go, uh, you know, giving them a book like The Body Keeps Score or When the Body Says No or some, some of these books out there that, that are focused on uh, encouraging them to go do things like the float tank or acupuncture. It, it's highly individual and depends on the situation, right? Uh, and, but generally speaking, when you're trying to make changes in other people, one, you can't. They have to change for themselves. You always have to set a good example. And I think one of the things that is important, and even in relationships, you help the other person by setting boundaries right? If you have no boundaries and you allow that person, say that person is acting out in a negative way and you just let it go because they're family. I'm just, I'm going to tolerate this behavior because they're family, they're blood. I would say you're enabling that. So you have to, in a gentle, loving way, say, you know what? I, I'm sorry. Um, I'd love to talk to you, but as soon as you turn into this other person, I, I'm just, I just don't have time for it. Right. And, and that helps. And then that kind of puts it back on them and they have to look at themselves and be like, why doesn't, why does he, why isn't he, you know, why won't he talk to me? You know, and, and that kind of makes them think like, oh, wow, my actions are not bringing a positive thing into this person's life. That That's, it's a really, I mean, it's a really hard question. But the, the biggest thing is it's kind of like, and here's the thing too, when people start realizing they need to improve themselves and they, especially in a family setting, it's kind of like the crabs in a bucket. Um, and I noticed this working in a gym for as long as I did. 
you know, one person would start and my gym was really good. Like I had the ladies and the people in my gym were very supportive, but every once in a while you'd see someone making an improvement and someone else would like just do a little dig or, or, you know, just to kind of pull them back down. Cause people, unfortunately in a group, it's kind of human nature when you start seeing some people improving the other people kind of pull the crabs back in the bucket. So it's a really hard, I, I had to draw some serious boundaries and, and basically understand that, Hey, these people are doing the best they can. These are the way, the, the way they are. And if they start affecting me too much, then I basically am like, Hey, here's, here's my rules. This are the rules for our engagement. And if you aren't willing to comply with those rules, then, then I'm sorry, I, I don't have time for you or, you know, please don't go there. I, I don't want to go there. You know, I'm happy to, to talk to you about it and put it behind us and, and forgive you or you forgive me or however it has to work. But once it's done, it's, it's over with. Um, those are, those are just kind of some thoughts, but uh, it's a great, it's a great, great, great question. And, and that's where having discernment and being in a sound mind, I, I never ever try and make any major decisions while I'm in an emotional state. I always try and relax, step back, look at it and say, okay, observe. I try to observe as much as I can, especially when I'm dealing with people that are not in a good place and people that are um, having a hard time. Maybe they're hurt or they're hurting. Uh, I, I really try to, to step back and really observe what I'm about to say and what I'm about to do. Because a lot of times when you get caught up in someone else's, someone else brings you their drama and you get caught up in it, it's really hard to make a rational decision that's not only good for them, but good for you. So in a nutshell, I know there was a lot of babbling, but have boundaries. I, I think boundaries help other people. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, if you're trying to like, you know, make your kids eat better and the grandparents keep bringing over Snickers bars and stuff, you'd be like, look, those aren't welcome in our home. We're trying to get our children to eat better. And that can go for emotional stuff too. Like if you have some relatives that come over to your house and they talk to your kids in a certain way or they, they do whatever and you could just say, look, you know, you're welcome here, but I don't appreciate this behavior. And that'll make people actually stop and think about it. And if they get mad and, and basically freak out and, and you know, and they, they leave, that, that's on them. But you want to do things in a loving, caring way, in a, in a way that there's discernment. Um, and then you have to determine, you know, in your family with your partner or your, your group, what your values, what you want to install in your children. And then enforcing that and making sure that the people that are in their lives are acting appropriately. I, I saw that a lot in my gym. There would be um, a number of families that I observed um, where they had to draw some boundaries because grandparents, uncles, aunts were not acting appropriately. And they had to basically say, hey, look, this is the way things are in our house. You can do whatever you want in your own house. But, you know, who am I to judge or say anything about that stuff? Those are just some principles uh, for you to think about so you can make the decision that's best for you and your family. But always, you know, I always revert back to the put the oxygen mask on yourself first. And if you're really struggling and the reason you're struggling is because some other people in your life or causing that you have to kind of make sure you're taken care of first. So I hope that answers your question. Um, Dr. Stillman and I are doing a testosterone webinar at the end of the month. And the link to that is in the description. If you want to check that out and set the reminder, 
If you have any other questions, you can throw them in the chat. I'll stay on here for another minute and then I will sign off and we will see you on Monday. We're doing a much better job of being more consistent and I will make sure Dr. Stillman is on here with me on Monday. So have a great weekend. As you can see, it is a cloudy day here in Florida, but still it's a solid red light day. So get outside. You deserve it. <laughs>